0: well what's up with kevin clark i am kevin clark joined on a two weeks away from nfl or three weeks i don't know we're nine days away from college football <laughs> notre dame's opening the season in ireland um is that on your radar Lindsay jones
1: uh it's gonna be did they open last year or that was just Northwestern? Northwestern was Northwestern Western I,
0: against Nebraska. And uh That was an from
1: abomination what, of a football game.
0: From what Bruce Feldman reported, uh, Scott Frost uh enjoyed Ireland.
1: Well he didn't did enjoy, enjoy much enjoy, else about the football season. He didn't season, enjoy
0: so. in, from what I understand, he did not enjoy team meetings, uh, but did enjoy uh the the tourism aspect of uh of Dublin. So hopefully nobody has a similar experience this year in week zero, um, but we're closer to real football. We've got a lot of fake football going around right now with preseason. and we got a lot of training camp. Um, we're just going to blow through some of the storylines because that's what this is this time of year. Just nuggets on top of nuggets on top of nuggets. Um, let's start here. Hard that's knocks. Also my par- First of that's all- also
1: how I parent. Chicken nuggets on top of chicken nuggets on top of chicken nuggets.
0: Let's start here. Do you like hard knocks?
1: Uh, no, I
0: do not. <laughs> Great. I no, no, it's okay. It's okay. No, so no, not, look, here. We're not I'm really in had... an industry. We're not really in an industry where anybody expands in anything. So I'm it's glad fine. you just you kept um, that tight.
1: I actually, I was having um some pretty long conversations about the state of hard knocks with um some of our coworkers earlier this morning. And I, it's just it's largely become irrelevant. Like I just mm. the hard knocks relevancy, like in this current media environment, is like it's just really low now because all the buzzy clips are, they put out on social media. So like you can see the important parts um, on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, whatever, without actually having to tune into HBO at 11 o'clock or whenever it is it airs. Yeah. And all the news is already out there. So like, and if they're not going to actually give us a ton of like actual relevant behind the scenes information, um, I just don't, it's it's not appointment television for me. Like I'll, I'll peruse the, you know, the social media clips. I'll watch it because it's, Kind of part of my job, but like the days of hard knocks being the most important like media of the preseason is it's it it, that's that passed a long time ago, Um, but it's to a point now where like you're not missing anything if you don't watch it.
2: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 When to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
0: Real quick, I just saw a headline that Rob Ginkowski says Brian Dable was the coach with the best chance of getting him to unretire. What the hell is going on? What? Why is there? What, why is Brian Dable specific? First of all, they have Darren Waller. Like, I don't know if they need right. to add in a tight end. But then, second of all, what is he talking about? If you're going to retire for Brian, unretire for Brian Dable. Why wouldn't you unretire for like ten other places? I, I don't. You know what? Let's put that aside. Um, hard knocks to me changed forever. I didn't get whatever. Didn't get worse. Didn't get whatever. When they didn't get anything on Antonio Brown yeah. a few years ago. Well, yep. that's the story of training camp, story mm-hmm. of a year in the NFL. Everybody tunes in to figure out what's going on with Antonio Brown and the Raiders. Hard knocks cameras were there. Didn't get a whole lot. We've had that a couple of times. Um, we have had extra access. A good example is no one remembers this probably. Chad Johnson um got in uh maybe he got arrested, maybe got investigated, something like that while he was with the Dolphins. Joe Philbin cut him and Hard Knocks cameras were there. That was an interesting kind of insight. Was that 2012, 2013, something like that? That was kind of the last time the news of the week or whatever was captured by Hard Knocks cameras. That's gone away, largely, over the past couple of years. The pivot they've made towards interesting insights and showing the game in a different way and not doing that kind of, I guess you'd call it football voyeurism, where you're the Jets for instance are not showing cuts anymore that kind of stuff that was established in the for in the beginning um that they're they're not going to give them the access they normally get but I do think it serves a purpose and the reason we're even talking about this is because last night Robert Salah, uh it was revealed ripped the offensive line a new one and the offense generally but obviously I don't think anybody's that mad at Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and all of these fellas injured Brees Hall it's the offensive line that's who we're talking about um The quote here is offense. It was our first fucking opportunity to change the stink that's been in this organization for a very long time on the offensive side of the ball. Hall of Fame quarterback two $10 million plus receivers. And you have the reigning offensive rookie of the year. You can have all the kind of skill in the running back room. None of it fucking matters until the big boys change who the fuck we are. We as coaches, we as an organization can't want it more than you. Pretty good stuff. I got to say, it's a little bit, you know, Rex Ryan did the let's go get a goddamn snack thing a couple of years ago. Um, this is pretty good uh, from from Robert Sala. Does it mean anything, Lindsey Jones?
1: I mean, it's far more honest than we've like heard him be in any of his like official media statements. I mean, I think, you know, they water way down the concerns like, but I don't think anybody's like surprised at like, oh, the Jets offensive line isn't very good, right? I mean, that's like kind of the one thing that, the one question that's been raised about like something that could lower the ceiling of that offense and could be a concern is that uh, they weren't really able to fix their biggest weakness uh, other than quarterback <laughs> last year. You know, they tried really hard in the draft. They weren't able to a lot of questions with Mekhi Becton and the, you know, age of their other tackle positions. So I don't think it's entirely surprising that like, Oh yeah, this group is underperforming and like really needs a fire lit under their asses. Um, I mean, I'm glad to see it out of Sala, I guess, like to kind of see that fire because he kind of has a a little more, he's not like a docile guy, but like, you know, he's a players love him, rah-rah kind of coach, Coach, you know? So it's nice to see that flip side of him. I will say this episode, episode two, is a little bit more like honest and revealing than mm-hmm. episode one, where episode one was like the Aaron most- Aaron Rodgers. The most green rose-colored glasses or whatever, you know, that they glossed over a lot of stuff. Um, it really felt kind of like this is Jets propaganda and not like a, an actual documentary. Um, I mean, was he sending a message? I mean, the Jets get to like know what's going into this, right? It's yes. not like they they like sprung well, this you can on. So
0: like- if you if you want to rip your team a new one, you can do it away from Hard Knocks cameras. They're not in. Every single—they're not in the bathroom. They could have—they could have assembled the entire offensive line in the stall somewhere. They should, say, Here they should go. go
1: real, real world Here's style. Here's the real, real message: world style while they have all the important meetings in the bathroom.
0: Um, so I'm as worried as Salah is. There was a Zach Rosenblatt I was just reading his piece about how to fix the offensive line. There was a cope, or I don't know what you want to call it, about signing Zach Martin, or to sorry, trading for Zach Martin. What do you think this is? I didn't even know this was a thing in Jets Twitter. What do you guys think this is? What do you guys think this is? Because, uh, you know, it was interesting. Um, Rosenblatt's point was basically that if there's an upgrade over Max Mitchell or Billy Turner, they're just not available. And if the upgrade is Zach Martin, they're really not available. Because guess what Zach Martin was looking for? Bunch of money. Eight million more he got it. He got it, and it got adjusted, and everything's good. Those, they're not going to put him on the trading block. The only time that's really happened with a super-duper star tackle was when the commanders mismanaged the, the best tackle in the game uh, for, because of the commanders, and that team doesn't even exist anymore. Like, that, that, the Snyder era is over. So there's no team that would mismanage the situation that significantly. Um, and so offensive linemen don't grow on trees. Okay, that's the important thing, Um, and so whether that's that's Zach Martin or I mean, listen, that's a that's a guard, Um, but you know, you're talking about any single position um, is not going to be upgraded at this time of year, Um, and so everything kind of kind of flows through that. Um, It's a huge problem because there's a couple of issues here. The first issue, and it's the biggest one, is there's an aging quarterback who needs time to throw the ball. He can create space certainly. But the more years that go by, the less space he can create, the more he can, uh, the less he can, he can cause problems with his legs and uh, he's going to take a bunch of hits. And we don't know. We've been so spoiled by a generation of quarterbacks who all age gracefully into their 40 age, 43 seasons that all it takes is one hit. And Rogers takes hits that Brady and Drew Brees did not, frankly. And if there's a uh, a sieve on the offensive line at any of the five positions, that's only going to make things significantly worse immediately because if they have, if they have time to move the ball down the field, they're going to do it. And it doesn't take much for this team to win 10 or 11 games, but this is the way I remember this. Joe Banner once said this, I think about all the time. He said the sign of an overrated team in the off in the off season is a team with great skill players and questions at offensive line, because it immediately unravels immediately. And what you are, what you have to do to overcome a bad offensive line is so significant. And talking about quarterbacks accruing hits, talking about just doing quick game stuff. Um, I saw a couple, a couple things today that they really worried me. Connor Hughes tweeted out that basically Aaron Rodgers was doing almost nothing beyond ten yards. It was all checkdowns and quick passes. Like, are they going to change the way that they play? because they've got a leaky five in front of them
1: so here's like my a conspiracy theory kind of question about relating back to hard knocks and sala's speech and uh are they kind of like laying the groundwork for if things don't go as well as expected that we have a reason like a place to blame um let's try to rein in expectations let's get people talking about Uh, Things other than Super Bowl kind of expectations. Is Robert
0: Sala pulling a Sean Payton?
1: Well, like, I mean, I don't. This is like he knew it was going to be on hard knocks, right? It's not like, you know, he was putting it out there. It was a message to his team, but then it was a message to his team that he. If not didn't explicitly want out on cable television, he at least approved it being out there for everybody to see. So I don't know if that's more a message internally that like he's putting all of those guys on notice. Um, or if he's kind of just putting all of us on notice too, that like things aren't as great as maybe a lot of people are uh believing after week one of Hard Knocks.
0: Or he's just trying to tell them to get better. Yeah. Just stop sucking. I mean that's sucking.
1: probably what it is. Stop sucking. But also like get better players. I don't know. Uh-huh. Don't let don't ne- let the Steelers
0: jump you in the draft. I don't know. Next story. Uh, Anthony Richardson named Week One starter. Not much of a Shocking surprise. Well, so there was there were uh rumors of this, uh, not rumors, but reports of this in the OTAs. They were giving him basically all he could handle throughout OTAs and mandatory camps and any offseason program because they wanted him to start. They wanted him to get up really quickly. Um, I was shocked to see ESPN had this stat the other day. Um, that the most consecutive seasons with a new quarterback starting. Um, the all time record is the bears had nine straight seasons where a new quarterback started. Uh, not a different one, just a new one. Um, and then Indy's streak is, I believe eight. It is eight. Uh, having said that Andrew Luck kind of counts twice. So it's seven. If you don't count, because he had like an injury like, there was stress. like an injury yeah year. so it wasn't yeah. and we're talking about not having back-to-back starters the same way um do you know who started for them week one in 2017
1: 2017
0: i did not I know did, this I and I, know. I i i am an, an i'll aficionado. be embarrassed to have
1: forgotten it but no i don't i'm remember. an
0: aficionado of shitty football and i did not remember this the answer is scott tolzine
1: huh yeah would not have gotten he's on that, a even staff if
0: he... somewhere is he on in dallas he's on a staff somewhere we'll look into it um Stephen Philip Rivers Carson Jacoby Brissett, Philip Rivers Carson wentz Matt Ryan journey is a tough one um this makes sense to me the his floor is very high because he's the, one of the best athletes who's ever tested at the combine to play quarterback uh and then by extension one of the best athletes ever played the position great love that um we know what he can do in creating space for himself in um making plays with his leg He's just going to do good things there. And the only other way he can build with the other stuff, he did not throw a lot in college. Um, he's inexperienced. He made some really bad interceptions last year that I thought were just baffling. The only way to accelerate that process is to play a whole bunch of NFL football. And if he's not ready, fine, take your lumps. What the hell are the Colts going to do anyway? New coach. Like just, it makes all the sense of the world. I would have lost my mind if they went with Gardner Minshew. Yeah.
1: Um, nothing makes me more angry this time of year than fake and or bad quarterback competitions. These coaches that feel <laughs> no, like they no, have to do no, one. No.
0: There's one thing worst, which is that when the fake competition is won by like the 29 year old that's Fact. flipped. Yeah. it
1: Like it's a, it's the, um, it was Tom Savage who started over Deshaun Watson yeah, yeah, yeah. back before, back when Deshaun Watson was just a good football player. Sure. Like, and then they benched him at halftime of the first game when you could have been giving your first round pick rookie all of the snaps in the preseason. It's the stupid, uh, speaking of Gardner Minshew, Trevor Lawrence, Gardner Minshew battle of a couple of years ago, of the Urban Meyer Jags. Like, what are we doing? Stop it. You invested everything in this guy.
0: What's the worst quarterback battle you've been around?
1: Oh, I mean, I live in Denver. I mean,
0: there's some- no, I know. <laughs> Like what, where where were you at practice where it was like, oh, we're going to give Brock Osweiler second team reps?
1: Um, look, the, uh, the, the Tebow, Brady, Quinn, Kyle Orton ones were pretty bleak, um, because everybody wanted Tim Tebow to be the guy, but it was so obvious that he was like QB three by like a pretty Mm -hmm. considerable margin. So the dynamics of that one were really weird. Um, probably the worst one was Paxton Lynch versus Trevor Simeon. Like and then Chad, and then he threw a little mm. Chad Kelly in there, uh, is is a little uh, swag Kelly I think is what he called himself. Um, that one was that was dark. That was a bad time. I mean, it was like sports radio was like Team Paxton and Team Trevor. Like it was the fucking Twilight movies. It was it was a bad time.
0: So I'm gonna do you one better. I actually know downriver of what you're describing the Kyle Orton 2011 year was something worse which is that the Miami Dolphins Ooh. were the fans were like openly chanting for Kyle Wharton at a training camp practice. And so like they wanted to be in that competition so badly, wow. they would have yeah. killed to be, to who be were their guy? Who were they hoping to replace? Um, I, I, I got to look this up. It's probably incredibly grim. Chad Pennington was hurt by then. Um, quarterbacks, Matt Moore started 12 games Chad Henney yeah. went zero and four um yeah. he and then so Batmore went six and six Chad Henney went zero and four J.P. Lossman played in okay. two games yeah uh completed six of his 10 passes for 60 yards uh no touchdowns no interceptions for J.P. Lossman so um the the <laughs> Dolphins and Chad Dolphins, Henney who
1: both have Super Bowl rings. Is that correct? Didn't Matt Moore win one with the Chiefs? Or was he on that Chiefs team that lost to the
0: Super Bowl? And he lost Super Bowl? was not on that. Yes, he was on that Chiefs team. He was out of the league for a year. Play for the Dolphins. He came for in because didn't a didn't Chad get because
1: Chad Kenny got hurt.
0: That's right. That's yeah. right. So,
1: wow, really, what a Dolphins, rebound for those guys. What all the Dolphins up. needed
0: was was Patrick Mahomes at the top of the <laughs> sure. at the top of the quarterback depth chart, and everything would have been fine. Um, I'm just glad this, this makes sense. And, and honestly, I know Jim Irsay is doing this flying orcas around the country and tweeting weird shit or whatever. But, like, I, I, this just makes sense. And you're always a little bit on guard that when you have a weird ownership situation or weird management situation, they'll make some crazy decision. This was not that. Happy to see it. Colts roll with Anthony Rich. And that whole team, the draft class was, has amazing athletes that have a ton of potential. I don't know if this draft class is actually perfect for them because I think they're going to lose a lot this year because they have a bunch of guys who are frankly, I'm talking about the later rounds um, who are high ceiling, great athletes who are raw might take a year, might take a year and a half for those guys to to come into their own, might be two rough seasons. But the reason you bet on athleticism is because more often than not, it works. And I'm betting with Shane Steichen, with Chris Ballard, augmenting the roster with some of the guys they already have there. This is going to work in Indy. Um, Anything else on the Indianapolis Colts or Jim Say?
1: I mean, we don't need to start down another Jim Say rabbit hole. We're good. Um,
0: Michael Orr. Long pause. Story. Long pause.
2: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with $25,000 tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm.
0: Michael Orr, retired NFL star, uh, Ole Miss star, Baltimore Ravens first round pick, longtime NFL player, also played for the Panthers and the Titans, um, has accused the family uh, connected to him forever by the movie and book The Blind Side uh, of tricking him into a conservatorship and taking the proceeds from a blockbuster film about his life, of which he basically received nothing. Uh, very sad story. I read this book when it came out, I saw the movie, I know the story well couple of quick things. Number one, what a day for college football message boards, which have been talking about this for 15 years, not being the story that it looked like, especially in SEC country. I think there were a couple of people in the media who were close to Memphis yesterday who are basically just like, I'm surprised it took this long to get out there. Um, This is a horrible story, a sad story. Um, I think that uh, as Twitter is one to do, it has become a completely toxic and insane discourse. Somehow it has devolved into Sandra Bullock should give back her Oscar. In fact, a lot of places are just showing photos of Sandra Bullock when discussing the story. There are villains in this story. The villains are the people <laughs> who tricked Michael Orr into a conservatorship. Um, not Sandra Bullock. Not Sandra Bullock, who is an actress. Um any more than like Leonardo DiCaprio, she get criticized because catch me if you can is largely fabricated by a literal con man. The problem is the con men and women, not Sandra Bullock. Anyway, let's put that aside. Uh, I've been around Michael Orr, and he's a very nice guy. Um, this is horrible. And, and, and if the allegations are true, uh, not a lot of worse people in the sports world than, uh, than, than the Tui family.
1: Yeah, and there's already like the the next the next layers of stories are coming out there where the Tui family is now saying that this isn't true, and it's I think that the word they use is a shakedown, and they didn't receive any money from the movie. Um, I'm not inclined to believe them. Is I guess uh, they have nobody has actually denied the conservatorship part,
0: however. Right. Um, That's so. So for me, it's it's like, did you? make him sign this or have him sign this or not that, that that's the only thing that is the issue yeah. here whether it's a quote-unquote shakedown and what maybe he asked for money maybe he asked for money because you guys signed okay. him we already went through this to a conservatorship we just did it with britney spears like these things yeah. are bad and so like either he signed one or he didn't anything else about the language of of the deal or what it is and i saw people saying today well they never said we adopted him like again all besides the point did he sign the document is there a document or not yeah
1: but like so they're now trying to get this technicality we never said we adopted him we only signed off they got approval on the book right and they got approval on i don't know if they got approval on
0: the book i don't know if they got approval on the book
1: they did get approval on the movie and the only reason i know this because they were on below deck (laughs) do you know this no. The Tui family like, was on it. They were the guests on an episode of Below Deck on Bravo, which now we're in my wheelhouse, right? Of like the reality shows, not Hard Knocks, the reality shows that I really like. And uh, they talked about how that movie got made. And I believe um, they said that they got approval uh on on the script of it but also like sean tui is like childhood friends with michael lewis who wrote the book They went to
0: newman together um that's in the book uh a lot of the stuff that people were saying hey was that in the book w- that's in the yeah, book it's in the book it's, it's in the book. Should, you guys should it's read probably the book. on my shelf back um there.
1: somewhere uh
0: probably that
1: yeah i see I'm it. Not, yellow I,
0: yellow uh it's yeah. yellow up there yeah um <laughs> we have to pull that one down the the one thing i'll say I'm not going to defend Michael Lewis. He's knee defending. He can, if he wants to go out and give a statement or give an interview, he can. I don't, I don't care. Um, the movie and the book are very different. And I'm not saying again, I, I do. I actually do think that in large part, the book was extremely, was extremely um, narrative driven and helped fortify some of the stuff that, that's sort of out there that most people think of like lore, but the movie was like hallmark feel good, family shit okay yeah and there is some of that in the book but the book is on I mean, half the book is about the literal it's like left evolution of football yeah yeah, like- yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he michael lewis did not i don't think go out of his way to write like hallmark fluff which the movie became now there's other parts of the pro- book that are a huge problem um now in retrospect and some of the interviews he's given all that stuff um but like i i just again let's just keep the focus on the fact that um financially michael or i hope makes out good here if the twoies took his any of his money they need to give it back right now and again like if they said if 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 michael or asked for 15 million dollars because he's owed 15 million dollars good for him like i don't think that changes anything their side of the story changes much
1: yeah it's just really sad and it's just that you know because like it was a family and now it's not a family and it's going to be very 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 public it's we're probably only getting the, the beginning of all of this.
0: The beginning. Um, all right. Let's quickly run through it. Zeke Elliott signs with the New England Patriots Our long national nightmare of Zeke Elliott updates are over. I want to say this. We have something, I've said this before, I, my friends and I call it the Carmelo Anthony zone, where you become more famous to the point that the media follows your, your, uh, your path and your whereabouts significantly more than the league does. Cause like Carmelo Anthony was always a free agent, right? And like always available and signing these these minimum deals at the end of his career. And every day on like the jump, there'd be like a where's Carmelo gonna sign? It's like, you know who doesn't care where Carmelo signs? NBA GMs and coaches. Because we're good. But like it would take up 10 minutes, right? And so like Julio Jones like that for a little bit mm-hmm. in the NFL. A couple couple, a couple other guys are in the are what I call the Carmelo zone. I'd say Zeke Elliott and Dalvin Cook are like captains of that zone right now, because you're not signing on the second week of training camp. If NFL GMs actually care now they did get, so the deal for Zeke Elliott's $3 million base, some incentives I saw up to $6 million. I will believe it when I see it, Dalvin cook was for, I believe a little bit more, a little bit more money. Um, These guys were holding out for bigger deals. They got what amounts to just fine, fine starter money. Um, or sorry, in some cases, not starter money, just the, the, the deals you'd think a team would sign a veteran running back to where there weren't a ton of expectations. Now, uh, Mike Reese said basically they want Zeke Elliott. If he plays 30% of snaps, that's great. Um, Ramondre Stevenson last year played 66% of snaps is via ESPN. Um, that's the highest share uh, by our Patriots running back since Garrett Blunt in 2016. So they need a guy who can just be a second option um Dalvin Cook obviously Brees Hall is the guy there Dalvin Cook can take a little pressure off of that he doesn't have to rush back um what I look at this as is two teams with smart decision makers who are taking the pressure off the plan they already have but I don't think either signing significantly changes the outlook for anybody
1: yeah I I it's the same way I mean like it's it's way more of like a fantasy football storyline at this point too. Like where does it where do they but fit your e- But even with like, Zeke, it's uh, like it's
0: only whether or not Stevenson is still yeah. like uh, I don't even know what round Steven, what ADP Stevenson has. Sorry for you guys. Well, do you have there's another show on read this the fantasy f- of uh, the rare yeah, yeah, fantasy football guy. I was gonna say, but um, but like it's only through that context that that anybody's yeah. even talking about it. Like Zeke Elliott's, I don't think a viable fantasy guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, and look, look, this is this is my only fantasy analysis. Never trust Patriots running backs if you're going to play fantasy football, because Bill Belichick will screw you every single week. Like it, there's nothing less trustworthy in the NFL and fantasy football than uh, Patriots running backs. So I would not trust any of that. Um I mean, I think Cook is probably like a better player at this point. And that's probably why he got a little bit more money in terms of, you know, age and stuff. There's some questions. I mean, I still think like there's some questionable off-field stuff that's still going on with Dalvin Cook mm-hmm. with his ex-girlfriend. Um, there was some news uh, reported about that a couple weeks ago about um, him trying to potentially pay her off uh, to not talk to the NFL in their investigation into um, some domestic violence allegations. So there's like still some like messy ugly stuff going on behind the scenes with Dalvin cook. Not that you would get that if you read uh, Adam Schefter's Twitter feed about how he's about to become a new father and everything is great. Um, but like, he's a guy, he's, he's a veteran. He's Aaron Rodgers will largely be able to trust him in pass protection. Um, I think he can catch on the backfield. Uh, I'm pumped for Brees Hall. I would love to see more Brees Hall, but, um, yeah, he is coming back off of an ACL. So it'll, it'll help ease him in a little bit, but I'm just glad we don't have to talk about these guys. Uh, in the context of all of their visits and tracking their visits and who dined with who and what restaurants and what they ate, because it's not that great.
0: I I, I I'm gonna pass a rule here. If someone has a visit and then they do the the visit went well thing, and no contract is offered, I think there should be a week moratorium on any more visit updates. Because I saw somebody the other day god who was it where it's like so-and-so's visit went well and the next day they're visiting somebody else and it was i was like oh, Calvin, it, didn't, right? it didn't go that good i don't i know somebody else it was like it, well it didn't go that good because an nfl team was like cool man and like also if you're even taking visits there's a lot of questions on both sides and, like, it means, you know who doesn't take visits? Guys who sign on the first minute of free agency because somebody offered them $90 million guaranteed. Yeah.
1: Um, the best part about the, those visits tweets, uh, the, specifically around Dalvin Cook, and I think his visit to the Jets, or was it his Colts visit? I can't remember, but um, he was visiting the Colts, right? I'm getting them all confused now. Was that clearly there was the, a text was sent to um, a number of NFL mm. national reporters at the same time, all of who tweeted the exact same information but, but put the quotes Around different words, it was fantastic. It was like one went quote good, another went like um has not signed in quotation mark. Like it was, it was wild. It was really, it was a really fun examination of uh. To be NFL clear, Insider anytime culture.
0: like I see one of my friends, one of the one of the fellows, I text, I text everybody I know saying that was a good visit, and then they disseminate <laughs> it and, and however they want to put the quote around visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. All right, Lindsey Jones. Anything else? That's it. That's all I got. We're getting closer to real football. We're getting there, pal. Uh, thank you to Richard for production. No, we'll be back next week. This has been the Slow News Day. I almost said a NFL <laughs> show. I don't do that anymore. This has been Slow News Day on the Ringer Podcast Network. We'll see you next week. Ooh. Adjustほう>